Y'all ready? We ready. Showroom, y'all ready? Good to go. Three, two, one. The solution. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Delicious Tears. I'm your host, The Solution. And I just want to take the time to thank everybody for supporting the podcast in the very shapes and forms that you do is truly appreciated over here at Delicious Tears Media. Today's show is actually Goat Talk. It's been a minute. It's been a long time in the words of the great God MC Rakim Allah. It's been a long time since I left you with a dope episode to step and listen to. So here on Goat Talk, we talk about the greatest of all times in sports and music. Namely, uh, rap, if you will. If you say it's hip-hop, hip-hop is the culture, and I need to sit down and educate you. Hip-hop is the culture of rap music. But today's topic on Goat Talk is actually about um, a record, an all-time record that was tied this past weekend that led to an insane but entertaining beef. And that record that came into question was a record held by the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers um, set from 1974 to 1977, if I'm not mistaken, going off the top of my head, but do feel free to fact check it and I will fact check myself as I look up here and uh, that is correct. Okay. That NFL rushing record held by the Pittsburgh Steelers from 1974 to 1977 led by the Hall of Famer Franco Harris of 43 consecutive games with 100 rushing yards so why is this so important and how does this trickle off into an insane but entertaining beef between two coaches and i say that two coaches not the teams but the teams go as the coaches do do understand if you played uh organized sports at any level the coach the coach is responsible for the culture of the team and um if you know anything about baltimore ravens football you understand that they truly love their head coach along with the fans John Harbaugh is one of the winningest active coaches in the league. Uh, his resume is without uh, reproach. He's a winner. He consistently has his team in the postseason throughout the years. And even a few times on downtimes, they were very seldom ever completely out of a season. They were always in contention uh, to make it to the postseason. Um, the team has been, um, you know, blessed with several defensive stalwarts over time. The, the great Ed Reed. And, of course, Ray Lewis considered the greatest middle linebacker of all time. And Ed Reed considered arguably the greatest safety of all time. And that has led them to um, success in the very brief but illustrious um, NFL history. So enough with the historical stuff. So what happened in this game? And why is this so con- uh, this record so significant? So we know since uh, the middle of 2019, per se, is when Lamar Jackson took over as the starting quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens from uh, Super Bowl winning Joe Flacco. The Ravens were struggling. It looked like they weren't going to make the playoffs, and a decision was made by John Harbaugh to insert Lamar Jackson in as the quarterback. Now, if you know anything about Lamar Jackson before he entered the NFL, amazing generational collegiate talent, and now an amazing generational NFL talent elusive cannon for an arm and the offense had to change they realized Lamar wasn't quite ready yet to be a um, 
you know, a, a consistent passer of the football. So they built a running game that relied, they built an offense that relied upon his ability to run the football and uh, get the running backs in great position with teams keying in on him. And that led to the uh, 42 consecutive games with uh, 100 plus yards. Now, the Ravens also hold the all-time season mark for most rushing yards by a team in the season, which was held by the uh, New England Patriots. They broke that back in 2019. They also, um, you know, put up similar resounding numbers in 2020. So here we are in 2021. They're leading the league in rushing as well. And the record is being whispered about amongst the fans and the media in Baltimore. <clears throat> Pardon me. So the Broncos came into the game undefeated and uh, paper tiger. Okay. Paper tiger for based upon the teams they had played. They, you know, you play the teams that's on your schedule, but those teams happen to not be so good. They're the bottom, te- the bottom teams in the league currently. So they're going up against this two and one Baltimore Ravens team that's battle tested. Nothing but close games so far in their season. Um, just <laughs> if you got uh, heart issues at that point, do not watch Ravens football, you know, because they have put you in a near death experience. So anyway, they come in and everyone's like, oh, the Ravens are going to lose to these guys. The much improved Teddy Bridgewater, the defense is on point. The run game is stout. So to speed up the process is that the run game was stout. They had held the Ravens to, I believe, 97 yards uh, going into the waning mornings of the game. So how did we get to the point where the coaches are beefing? Here's how we got here. Drew Locke is now the starting quarterback for the Broncos as Teddy Bridgewater uh, sustained a concussion. With 16 seconds left, Vic Fangio, head coach of the Broncos, decided, let's score. Okay, the game is out of reach. And remember what I said about the 16 points. They're down 16 points. It was uh, 23-7, the final score. And they threw the football into the end zone trying to score. And Anthony Anthony Avery, cornerback from the Baltimore Ravens, intercepts the ball. Three seconds left. Now, Coach Harbaugh is quoted as saying, if the opportunity for the record is there, they're going to go for it because the players and the coaches deserve to be a part of history. They have worked hard to get the team to this point. So, hey, go and tie the record. You earned it. Now, the Ravens also own another very unique record, considered streaks, consecutive streaks. They own the most preseason wins, consecutive preseason wins, with um, 20, if I'm not mistaken. They've gone undefeated like four or five years um, in the preseason. Now, that's a weird record, but it's also a testament to good coaching. So the coaches do deserve that, uh, you know, that, that bullet point on their resume. You know, that's going to help. And if you know anything about the Ravens coaching tree, and this is very ironic. <laughs> Their coaches tend to go on and get um, pretty good gigs out there. So Vic Fangio, the head coach from the Broncos, used to be an assistant coach to John Harbaugh. Hmm. And here you are, you know, uh, talking about player safety. And you're throwing the football with 16 seconds left where you're clearly not going to win the ball. Well, excuse me, win the ball game. But uh, you just want to make the score 
it's a moral victory for you. you make the score a little closer than what the game was now what's unique about this and the broncos were holding the ravens under 100 yards up until three seconds left in the game was that lamar jackson's arm beat you you came in the game and said we have to stop him on the ground which you did but lamar actually stopped himself because he was actually not a hundred percent due to being dinged up from um a very physical Lions game, the previous game. So he he was not trying to escape the pocket as much as he normally did because it was times he could have got loose on those guys. But he decided to sit back there and commence the carving and slicing and dicing up the Broncos like a Thanksgiving ham. Now, the pundits out there have said uh, Lamar is not a uh, you know decent passer of the football. He can't throw outside the numbers. What? Well, Lamar pulled... Um, a highlight moment that I remember from Cam Newton. Uh, one of the defenders, uh, I can't, I can't remember the team it was. Basically, was calling out the play against um, the Panthers when Cam Newton was playing with the Panthers. He said, "Oh, you watching tape, huh? All right, watch this." And Lamar Jackson commenced to doing a watch this moment, throwing outside the numbers and hitting deep balls on them. The ball was in the air like twenty yards or more a lot of times, and uh, there weren't very many drops in that game. And he just. They, they had nothing for him via the air. And the Broncos secondary isn't bad. You know, they got a really good rookie out there, Patrick Sertain uh, Jr., who's the son of um, a really good former NFL player, Patrick Sertain. But uh, they made them look really, really bad through the air. And uh, they actually missed on a couple of touchdowns out there due to penalties. Well, here we are with the interception by Anthony Averett. The Ravens have three seconds on the clock and they run a quarterback sweep to the left side of the field and they pick up five yards. Now, whose fault is it? You knew there was a possibility that they were going to go for that record, but your defenders did not hustle on that play. Only one D lineman decided to give, uh, I think it was Eric Thomason, the tight end for the Ravens, a nice little shove. But they, they weren't really trying to penetrate. And basically, the Ravens just ran the sweep and they walled off everybody. And Lamar got the needed yardage and he slid down backwards. You know, he just dropped down his button, slid down backwards. And they got up. And you could see um, there's clips of Vic Fangio on the sideline yelling emphatically and upset that the Ravens actually had ran that play instead of kneeled down. Now, I don't know about you. Um, I'm going to give my players and my team's legacy a chance at history. Five yards, four yards they needed, I believe. Well, they needed three and they got five. And you have the most dangerous running quarterback in the league. And the thing about the Ravens were content with passing the ball. We saw a, a lot of uh, non-Raven stuff going on in the offense, and we loved it as fans. We really did. So let's get into the petty beef. So during the, um, the, the press conference at the end of the game, Vic Fangio uh, decided to um, get emotional, okay? And he said he expected, and I quote, he expected this kind of things from them because, um, you know, player safety is that's like second to what they do over there. 
meaning that he had inside information how the Ravens allegedly operate when it comes to taking care of their players in regards for player safety because he was an assistant coach over there. Okay. But um, John Harbaugh, <laughs> he hit back. And if you are a Ravens fan, you love John Harbaugh's pressers. You know, and those are the uh, the interviews that the players and coaches take throughout the week to the media to give like updates on stuff. He has a wicked sense of humor. He has a way of getting his point across and he can be brutally petty at times when addressing things. And one thing he does is that he will go to the gates of hell for his players. He will. He'll also hold them accountable too in the media, but he, he will. He's a player's coach. They love him. Um, and he was not having this. You're not going to do this to the staff. You're not doing this to the players. You're not going to do this to the fans and the legacy of this team. This is something we have earned. Um, our offense has basically not been that popular by a lot of you. And this is setting yet another precedence and dagger to say, hey, if you don't like it, your job as a defense is to stop it. Okay. In the words of... um. I believe it was Steve Spurrier, and I, I put this on a social media platform uh, when he was criticized as the Florida Gators coach back in the uh, early 90s when they were just lighting people up. And I believe they won a national championship that year. They were just slapping 50 and 60 points on people. And he was like, you know, it's your job as a defense to stop. You don't like it, stop it. You know, stop it. You don't like the offense scoring points like that. It's your job as a defense to stop it. No further questions. And he walked off. He walked off. Because the Gators were putting it on people. You know, <laughs> he was running his offense. He was running his offense. So now the, the Ravens sit at the precipice of having a very, very unique record that um, some people said a few years ago with the past happy NFL that this record may never be broken because teams were, were putting, weren't were putting a premium on the running game. It just wasn't how you win games in the NFL. And the Ravens completely dropped that on his head with the Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson uh, offensive wizardry with their run game. So I'm going to quote something from the Washington Post. It says, Harbaugh also pointed out the circumstances under which his team regained possession in the closing seconds. After the Ravens kicked a field goal to take the lead 23-7, Take a 23-7 lead with under two minutes left. The Broncos used three timeouts to prolong a drive that got to Baltimore's five-yard line before Denver's quarterback, Drew Locke, was intercepted. So, you're talking about player safety, Vic Fangio. But you took three timeouts to try to score. You stupid. And here's how I knew you were trying to score. If you were just running your offense... You would have targeted anybody else because in the middle of the field is where the Ravens have struggled with their inside linebackers. You decided, hmm, let me put my biggest wide receiver to try to get a back shoulder pass play done against the Ravens' um, somewhat unproven newest corner that's replacing Marcus Peters because you're not going to go after Marlon Humphrey. You know better. All right? You're not going to go after Chuck Clark. You're not going to go after Brandon Stevens, who's a rookie, has been playing really well, and he's rangy. You're not going to do that. You're not going to go into the teeth of the defense. So you wait for the favorable matchup, a smallish corner with your biggest wide receiver. Okay. 
So player safety, meaningless. And John Harbaugh said, uh, I'm not sure if there's a 16 point play. Base first. <laughs> first. Shout out to Coach Harbs for being the petty god. One of the greatest of all times when it comes to petty. He has a lot of quips when people are questioning decisions and stuff and his team's um, style of play and their methods of getting it done. Never dirty, always classy, but he takes offense when people question their methods when they're doing things because the Ravens have always gone against the grain. And if you're, you're from Baltimore, you understand the Ravens have a lot of the city's personalities ingrained in their culture. They're rough, they're gritty, they're hard-hitting, it just personifies what that team is. And that's why the fans love the franchise there. Right? When you said they didn't deserve one. Oh, no. Okay? So, uh, being that he is the head coach and he's responsible for uh, good, bad, mediocre, and um, all decisions and finality, he said that going for a running play rather than have Jackson take a knee was 100% my call. Now, Lamar Jackson, when interviewed about it, he was like, you know, I wasn't worried about it. I wasn't worried about the record. We just wanted to win. You know, we just wanted to win because he knows underneath of it lends the narrative about the running quarterback thing. So he wasn't worried about that. Lamar was really happy uh, underneath it all showing people like you thought I couldn't throw the ball to win a game, consistently throw the ball to win a game and the matter I've thrown it. I mean, he actually broke the Broncos spirits when he hit uh, Marquise primetime jet on that. Uh, I think it was like a 56 yard diving touchdown catch where Marquise split the defenders ran right through the middle of the safeties. That's when you could kind of see like the Broncos like, oh, man, this guy is slinging the ball. I mean, he, he's tearing us apart. We out here worried about him running on us. And he was, you know, like I say, he had no desire to run the football against them. So to quote uh, Coach Harbaugh via the Washington Post, he said, that's one of those things that's meaningful talking about the record. So Coach Harbs is in his 14th season as the Ravens. And um, the Ravens haven't done well in the regular season up in Mile House Stadium in Denver. Uh, first thing that comes to mind when you're talking about, um, you know, the, the Ravens versus the Broncos is the Mahal Miracle with Joe Flacco heaving that uh, bomb to um, my man, the, the, the kick returner. Uh, oh, my goodness. I, I feel bad for getting your name, guy. But the Mahal, the bomb via um, my dude that he wasn't really known for his hands. He was known for his speed and return skills. Uh Goodness, this is on the tip of my tongue too, but I apologize for not remembering your name at this moment. But uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. You know, he said it. It's one of those things that, as a head coach, you got to be mindful of your team and your players and coaches and what it means to them. You know, it's a very very tough record to accomplish. It's a long term record. I'm not going to say it's more important than winning the game for sure. It's certainly not. But as a head coach, I think you do that for your players and you do that for your coaches, and it's something they'll have for the rest of their lives. This is legacy, okay? And that's what Coach Harbs is getting at legacy this is one of the greatest all-time records that people said would not be broken and it, it also goes with the whole style of the ravens they're saying this offense will not work well they've shown you for 43 games this offense has worked in this regard so fangio said um 
in 37 years of Pro Bowl, I've never seen anything like that. What? But it was expected, and we expected it. So this is the same coach that uh, said he had never seen anything racist. And um, and I quote his 37 years of Pro Bowl. You stupid. And this is in regards to the Black Lives Matters protest a few years ago. Some, mm, okay. All right. He said, ask why he expected Ravens to do such a thing. Because I just know how they operate. That's just the mode of operations there. Player safety is secondary. So, it, it, I wasn't, he said, um, you know, when he asked some of the players, no offense, uh, you know, the, the star tight end for the Broncos, who the Ravens um, pretty much took out of the game, but he was like the lone you know, touchdown they scored. He said, well, he wasn't offended by it. It just kind of seemed like, obviously, that statistically things are important to them. If it was me, I'm getting a win and getting out of there to each his own. We still lost. That's all that matters to me. That's all that matters to us. Honestly, I don't give a bleep about that last play, but more so care about the plays through the game. Broncos safety, Kareem Jackson said, that means our job to stop them. They ran to get the 100 yards or whatever they were trying to do, but that means the whole defense, we didn't play up the standards. We set for ourselves. We've got to execute on the last play. So Kareem Jackson is bitter. So let's flash back to the uh, 2013 season. <clears throat> After the Ravens won the Super Bowl, they hosted the Denver Broncos because the NFL likes to be petty. And, you know, there was a little revenge game factor going in because the Ravens bounced the Peyton Manning-led Broncos out of the playoffs via the Mahal Miracle. And, uh... Peyton threw like seven touchdowns and these were like short touchdowns. They were running uh, rub routes, you know, where you kind of shield off the other defender, you know, so the other player pops open and there's nothing you can do about it. Pick and rub plays, you know, it's the NFL crackdown afterwards. I mean, they were running the score up on the Ravens and this was the post Ed Reed, uh, Ray Lewis era. So to me, I like to say, that this was a little get back, you know, for uh, the Broncos running up the score on the Ravens, still throwing touchdowns at that point. But this was not a, a Vic Fangio team at all. You know, the, the Broncos were clearly uh, head coached by someone else at the time. But yeah, so I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So very few players were on. Well, I think um, Anthony Levine. And uh, Pernell McPhee and Justin Tucker are the last three players from that team, from the Super Bowl, still in the team. So, yeah, this, this you know, had a little thing under and everything. So, <clears throat> so Fangio was the Baltimore's linebacker coach from 08 to 2009. Harbaugh said, I thought we were on good terms. We had a nice chat before the game. We've known each other for a long time, but I promise you, I'm not going to give that insult one second thought was meaningful to us might not be meaningful to them. Their concerns are definitely not ours. So, Hmm. Another point, this is what the Washington post pointed out. Another point Monday, while noting that his normally run heavy team had more passing attempts, 37 passing attempts versus rushing attempts, 37 rushing against the Broncos. Harbaugh said they were very determined to stop the run. Obviously that was a very important goal for those guys. They kept us on the hundreds. Apparently, Harbor also thanked Ravens fans for showing up in noticeable numbers at the Denver Stadium and asserted that ultimately his team answered to his supporters more than anything else. To give the fans the opportunity to talk about a record for years to come, that's valuable, said Coach Harbaugh, who in August has stole his team's record of 20 straight wins in preseason games. That has meaning, okay? We don't take stuff lightly. So, Coach Harbaugh is known for preparation, 
motivating his players and getting the just the the little bits and pieces out of them to get them to perform so when they say play like a raven okay they mean it these things count they count this is legacy and that's what they're talking about so when you go back uh 15 20 years from now and you talk about the greatness of lamar jackson and this is going to come up the ravens actually have the the record for most rushing yards you know in consecutive games you know i'm sure that record will still be around there because the way the teams throw the football they went against the entire league and said we can run we can win games on the ground you know we can win games on the ground and now they're showing we can also win games in the air so they have actually served notice to the league hey do not go in there thinking that it's going to be pistol option right and left counter bash up the middle all right rpos qb sweeps qb keeps okay players moving around motion that and snapping the ball at the last second milking the clock there's like because this guy has some weapons now and he has more returning and he can throw the football so um hey uh shout out to the pittsburgh steelers because y'all looking terrible man ben should have retired you guys are looking like one of the worst teams in the league right now. And this is a loaded AFC North. The the uh, Browns have the talent. they just falling short here and there. And you got the resurgent Cincinnati Bengals with the young Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, and those wide receivers. I think the Bengals are a problem right now. Unless they manage to fall apart. But yeah, the league is on notice. The, the Ravens have knocked off the Chiefs. They had an insane loss to the, the uh, Raiders, who don't look as good as we thought they were versus the Chargers. And the Chargers are a very good team, too. They're very talented. So the Ravens are starting to somewhat close the gap and be in the conversation of are they the team to beat at this point? You know, this is the first quarter of the NFL season. Are they the team to beat? Are they the team to look out for? If they keep this up, the defense is getting better. They just got that problem with the middle of the field with the inside linebackers. Their inside linebackers aren't good in coverage. And um, they, they're getting slightly better at tackling. If they fix those two things, it's a problem. And, of course, the drops, what they kind of mitigated last week. But they got Rashad Bateman returning. They got Miles Boykin returning. And we've been saying get Lamar some passing weapons and let's see what he can do. So at this point in the season, we're seeing that he has weapons and he's not even fully loaded. He's walking on the field with, um, you know, a half clip. And we've seen the emergence of James Goodhands Prochet and Devin the Blazer Duvernay, who's threatening to return kicks at every opportunity he gets. Sounds a muff. All right. They got a, a good, true number one is Sammy Watkins to take the pressure off Mark Andrews. And they got a blazer in Marquise Brown. Then you got the wild card and the rookie Rashad Bateman who can do all those things. He can be a possession receiver. He can be a, a big chain mover. And he's got deceptive speed. So I'm curious at what the ball distribution is going to be. Now, the, the thing about the Ravens is that everyone counted them out because they lost their entire running back core, their entire room. 
is now made up of rookie free agent and veteran free agents, you know, with the former all pro and pro bowl players back there. All right. You got Le'Veon Bell who they brought in, you know, forming from enemy territory. who's was bounced around a little bit. All right. They brought in Devonta Freeman, who was one of the, the best backs in the league with the Falcons. Then he brought in Latavius Murray, who was doing his thing with the Raiders, then the Saints. Then the Saints cut him because they didn't want to pay him a little over a million as a backup to Alvin Kamara. So he was a cap casualty at the last moment of the season. He's come in and looked pretty good. Then you got the undrafted, uh, undrafted, free, the undrafted rookie who um, sat on the practice squad last year, Tyson Williams. Who looked like the, the more elusive of the backs. Well, he still is, but he had some pass protection problems. And I, I got into a one side exchange of pleasantry with somebody on social media platform where they said he he rates at um eighty four point seven um best blocking in the league. And I said, uh, well, something's critical about that fourteen point three that he came up short on and they didn't get it. They're like fourteen point well, dude, if you know who I am uh, get your math together, okay? <laughs> Simple math there. So what I was getting to to translate that is that 14.3% of the time that he was doing a bad job. And that might have been crucial moments. And we saw that a few times, some of that 14.3, where he half-hearted blocked or he missed blocks or he wasn't picking up, you know, uh, free runners on blitzes and things like that. And Lamar's taking... Um, several unnecessary hits because this offensive line is still a work in progress. That's one of the glaring things on offense is uh, the old line than the drops. Okay. So you got to be able to block. And um, I've said, I've been critical of Le'Veon Bell uh, in this offense because this is a, you got to see it and hit it with those pullers. You, you can't be patient like that. And I'm just not sure his running style where he kind of picks and weaves his way through the defense for yards is going to work with this uh, running style with these pullers and you know you're actually running leaving people unblocked and stuff like that are you going to see what you're supposed to see and will you uh, wing it back on those those uh, you know those zone blocking schemes that they do from time to time with those pullers you know are you going to see those things those lanes so um, he looked good in pass pro he did I, I give him that and of course we know Le'Veon Bell is a running back with wide receiver hands. So that's another element. Uh, Devonta Freeman is getting better. Um, it seems like they don't quite trust him just yet. You know, back there with the ball. But Latavius Murray has been getting the bulk of the carries. And he's the bigger, more powerful of the backs. And um, he's kind of performing the Gus Edwards role right now. So it, this has shocked a lot of teams that the Ravens are still doing well in the rushing department because of course you got weapon x aka lamar jackson back there you know accounting for some explosive plays as well so um being that we got a glimpse of what this passing game could be uh the ravens are truly terrifying some teams and shout out to the coaches the 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 biggest change with the ravens really this year is the additions of t martin former national champion uh quarterback from university of tennessee and keith williams T. Martins is a wide receiver coach and Keith Williams, a passing game coordinator. We're seeing where they have shored up Greg Roman's limitations in the uh, the passing game where the media was really tearing them apart about some of the passing, uh, you know, route concepts that they had. 
You know, they were saying it was like Pop Warner stuff. I mean, they were going in on Greg Roman with that because he's just not known for passing games. You know, you're going to be up there, top three, top five, and rushing in the league with him, but you're going to be like bottom three or five in passing because his thing is like the running will open up the passing. You're just going to have a bunch of explosive plays, you know, to kind of counteract that. You know, you might have 22 passing attempts, but you might have 250 yards, you know, in a good game because teams were terrified of you running the ball and you play action or caught them slipping with big plays. But we knew that wasn't sustainable. Teams were kind of figuring that out. And now they're back on their heels because it's like, what do we do? You know, do we sell out against the run and dare Lamar to dice us up in which he's done? Or do we try to play balanced ball and he start popping off these big plays on us, which has happened too. So it's kind of pick your poison. And um, it's going to be a problem, I think, against... Uh, I'm curious of what the Colts are going to do once we see this fully functional... Uh, loaded offense with all these wide receivers and we know um, Miles Boykin isn't known for his hands but I was looking at his stats when given the opportunity and he knows what he's doing his touchdown to catch ratio is pretty high it's just that they aren't on the same page a lot of times he doesn't run great routes and he doesn't look that fast because he's tall and he's a long strider and he's covering so much ground. He's a big guy. And I, I think he's like 6'4", 220 or something like that. He should be destroying teams. And I thought they were going to cut him. But uh, his blocking value and special teams value is basically what saved him a little bit. And that uh, catch to TD ratio is something to, to look at. Miles Boykin should be just causing problems in the red zone for teams. But we'll see. And, of course, um, we're excited to see what Rashad Bateman can do coming off that injury. But that does mean uh, less opportunities for DuVernay and Prochet moving forward. So it looks like we're going to see more, um, you know, Sammy Watkins, Bateman, and Brown as the three, the top three receivers. And uh, when they go five wide, they leave Mark Andrews in there because, you know, he has good hands. So will they pull out Mark Andrews and insert uh, Duvernay and Prochet into the five wide sets? I think we're going to see that as well. They even put uh, Pat Ricard, their fullback, out there a few times, you know, just to throw teams off. They're like, hey, we might run it because we got our fullback in here. And they've done it. They also throw the ball. They've thrown the ball a few times out of it. So the, the Ravens offense is very, very uh, evolutionary. We're seeing different stuff every week. These past four games, we, we've seen some very unique stuff from these guys that we've never seen before. And uh, until teams figure out how to take away that deep over, terrified of Mark Andrews, and those slant routes with Sammy Watkins, who he's, he's been, Sammy Watkins has been eating with these slant routes and these comebacks. And you got Marquise Brown, you know, taking the top off of him. You know, not necessarily on goal routes, but these uh, deep posts and um, these deep overs. You know, they, they're pulling the Tyreek Hill move on a lot of teams now. Because, like, can you stay or you can get caught up in the junk when team, when players are crossing by you? Do you stick with your assignment? And that's what's happening. A lot of the safeties are, oh, Mark Andrews. You need to cover Mark Andrews. And suddenly Hollywood Brown, well, excuse me, Primetime Jet is coming in behind them 
or you're leaving Sammy Watkins wide open. And Lamar reads defenses. He's not a one read and go. This is not Michael Vick, okay? This is not Michael Vick. He's better than Vick. Vick had one or two reads and it was take off. Lamar Jackson is back there. One, two, three, four, go. And, and sometimes he'll wait a little bit too long in the pocket because you know, he knows what he has now. But this is probably one of the, the greatest uh, in-season beefs right now, greatest all-time. Uh, Coach John Harbaugh versus Coach Vic Fangio, who's you know on his call time is so emotional stuff. But I'm the solution, and I am out here. And make sure you uh, tell a friend, tell a friend about the podcast. And as always, hey, Coach Fangio, just be a good human. And I'm out. Surprise, motherfucker. The solution.